Are you sure you want to be on the live show now? Yes. NCHC.TV studios behind the mask hockey shows present College Hockey West Live. Behind the Masks College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Stop in for lunch, cater your next event, or just buy a couple of bottles of our award-winning sauces. The NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Tag Creative Group. Search T-G-R-A-N-R-U-D at redbubble.com and let us create a unique design for you or your business. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos where an occasion awaits you at any of our destinations around the world. The Spaghetti Shack. Classic Italian comfort food. Quickly, locations in MP and Pine Top, order online at thespaghettishack.com. Liberty University, play for something more, faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Jets Pizza, sign up for our Crunch Club at jetspizza.com and have special deals delivered straight to your inbox. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey West Live from the NCHC.TV studios presented by Behind the Mask is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. Well, a very happy New Year's Eve to the hockey fans out there. Scott Strandy joining you tonight. Um, and feeling a little bit like Paul Hornstein because I'm actually on a palatial estate on Puget Sound just outside of Seattle, Washington. So, Paul, I'm, I'm beginning to feel a lot like you, uh, getting to live that kind of life, albeit for just four days. But well, you know, on I, the island, on Long Island, New York, how are you? Um, trying to figure out what the hell you're talking about because I don't know <laughs> anything about the the kind. If 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 the folks see want to compare side by side the pictures of where you are and the pictures of where I am. Yeah, that's, okay. like, that's like comparing <laughs> my landfill to <laughs> your, you know, your castle somewhere like, say, in Ireland or Scotland or something like that. You know, oh, okay. the big giant. And, you know, and I'm just sitting here like, you know, maybe Marula will try to build a uh, an arena on my land because it's cheap. Oh, but, okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, it's New Year's Eve. We got a great guest joining us tonight, which I still can't believe we're able to get her to come on with us on New Year's Eve. Uh, I thought we were the only two that had like zero uh, things going on in our life. But uh, I am in Seattle, Washington for the Winter Classic because there are a right. ton of former college hockey players playing um, in the NHL. And a bunch of them are playing tomorrow at noon, Pacific time. Right. Right. Uh, and I just happened to be... Um, 
with a, a, a relative that the executive producer's relatives put us up in a very beautiful cabin yeah, about yeah, 25 yeah. feet from Puget Sound uh, right. with a gorgeous sunset tonight, which I missed. But anyway, um, I'm good here. King, I'm ready. We're going <laughs> to be talking college hockey. Um, what a day today, Paul, in Seattle. Before we get into the college hockey talk, um, what a day in Seattle to uh, be able to see guys like Joey Decord and to see a Zach White Cloud, and I can go on and on and on about the uh, former players. But um, <laughs> man, oh man, uh, it, it just it kind of just warms your heart to see these guys because their families were here, they were on the ice. The coaches could just do nothing but rave about the opportunity to bring the players' families with their hockey family. It was the right. theme over and over again today as they prepare for the Winter Classic. And Dave Haxtell said it best. He said, um, at 12.27 tomorrow, uh, we'll be battling for two points. But until then, we can enjoy the time and the holiday season and the thrill it is to be in the Winter Classic. So I'm thrilled to be here, but I'm even more thrilled to talk college hockey. And another Arizona State victory Another tournament title. I asked Joey DeCord about it. He knew all about it already. He said, right, they won't be around at Invitational. I said, yeah, they did. Um, so, oh. you know me. I, I've been ranting on the pairwise. I want to celebrate tonight a little bit about the uh, the teams that are having success, including Arizona State. That was a gutty weekend performance, Paul. You know how hard it's been for them to go east uh, and, and get wins. And they gutted this one out. They knew they needed it. And as they prepare to become the next NCHC team, right. um, it, it's pretty impressive. Well, uh, hate to go down 2 nothing every night. That's for sure. But, you know, they managed to, uh, to, to get it back together and respond quickly, especially after going down 2 nothing on both nights. Uh, Jackson Niedermeyer making it two to one on both nights, getting ASU right back in the game, and uh, they went from there. Can I ask you about the play of one Kyle Smolin? Is he just a big time hockey player? He just steps up in the biggest of moments, and he's only a freshman. Well, hey, she's getting a lot of 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 contributions from a bunch of their freshmen. And, and, you know, we've heard the coaches say night, you know, week after week that, um, you know, the, the guys are doing well in practice, but they, you know, the team's winning. They just can't break into the lineup. I mean, some of it is injuries, you know, and, you know, we talked at the beginning of the year about their depth and, and despite. Uh, Top five having, team in the country. You know, despite not having. Uh, the, the the Jackson brothers for the last few weeks, and, and I don't remember which one is basically done for the season. Uh, and they're hoping to get, I think Ty is the one that's done for, but don't quote me on that. I just know it's one of the Jackson brothers. Um, Josh Niedermeyer has been out, um, and they've been getting contributions uh, on both ends from Cole Gordon, from, 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 from Kyle Smolin, from, you know, guys that are, you know, and, and, you know, even last night, even Tony Achille got to play. You know, another freshman in the lineup. So, um, you know, it's just it's it's been crazy. But you know, 
uh, I mean, hopefully they don't find out how much more depth they may or may not need. But, um, you know, it's 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 uh, a lot of the freshmen are making their contributions, and you know, you have to be happy when you hear that. Receiver. Well, and like I said, uh, what an what an honor to win a tournament, the first uh, tournament title of this one, anyway, the Adirondack Invitational at uh, Lake Placid, New York, of all places. Man, it's got to just pump your chest out when you come home and know that you have a, uh, a Desert Classic that's going to start on Friday uh, with three other really good teams. And um, that'll all take place in uh, in your own backyard at Mullet Arena. Well, including uh, Omaha, which ASU's played a yep. lot uh, as non-conference opponents. And, you know, we say that about Denver and CC. Um, you know, next year that changes. Non-conference for now. That's what I said. Next year, that changes. Okay. So, um, but again, they've played those teams on a fairly regular basis since since the beginning of the program. So, yep. Um, you know, it's just you have to win these games, or at least not lose many more. Uh, to and I don't want we have we we have, we don't have enough time for you to get into your pairwise thing, but. You can do that tomorrow <laughs> and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And you don't want Friday. me to rent? You can if you I want. can rent. I can I rent. Know, but I don't know if Heather them. wants. I don't know if I don't know if <laughs> Madam Commissioner wants to hear that. So I don't know. Anyway, so. Um, if you hear some waves splashing, uh, it's just that they're so close to me that it's anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, but. Let's do this. Let's take one quick break and let's come back and let's bring the commissioner on with us from the NCHC, Heather Williams, in about one minute. It's time to drop the puck on the nation's best college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. From the NCHC.TV studios, you're listening to ITHSW Podcasts, College Hockey West Live. Welcome back in, hockey fans, to College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy joining me tonight from Seattle, Washington. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, joining me from that big, beautiful palatial estate out on Long Island, New York. And it is our pleasure tonight to bring on with you on this New Year's Eve, the uh, commissioner of the NCHC, Heather Weems, is going to join us. So, Heather, 
if uh, if you're there and you can hear me and you want to click on one of the uh, gray circles, I will connect you and we will talk some hockey. That all starts with the best conference in college hockey, which of course is NCHC hockey. Um, yeah, it's it's been a pleasure uh, all the time to talk college hockey. But when you get uh, the commissioner of the NCHC and Heather Scott and Paul with you tonight, thanks for joining us. And, and Paul and I thought we were the only two that didn't have plans on New Year's Eve. So thank you for joining us on such a festive night. Yes, I don't know what that says about <laughs> us. Although no, uh... well, 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 now hold on. Now Scott puts it that way. See, I look at it this way. I mean, when I was younger, this was an amateur night. <laughs> so this was this was for this this is this is the night where all the crazies went out and thought they could hang with us uh professionals more seasoned folks yes yes you know and i make no i i don't try to hide what i used to do in my spare time when i wasn't getting my degree at asu so i don't <laughs> you know um so don't don't listen to what scott is just, just, don't even pay attention <laughs> okay, Heather, let me, let, I don't know if you heard the intro, but let me explain what's going on. I'm at the Winter Classic out in Seattle this weekend, and uh, Paul, of course, is uh, back in that big, beautiful estate on Long Basement. Island. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I am amazed at the caliber of college hockey player that the NCAA is putting out, and certainly the NCHC is the leader in that. Um, I see more and more players, and I'm going like, wow, uh, you guys are just so ready to be professional hockey players, not only on the ice, Heather, but um, yeah, off the ice, how they handle themselves. So I think that, you know, I think that's uh, um, just a credit to what's been happening. And you've been around college athletics for a while. So uh, what's the reasoning for that? You know, I think it starts even before college. You know, you look at the youth programs and, and the growth of hockey generally, and the pool of talent that exists and um, the international talent that, that comes and, and really sees the NCAA as a destination. I, I think it starts at youth hockey. And in, in fact, my I have a bantam, a first year bantam. And so I was at his tournament um, this weekend. And, and you see that talent already, you know, when they're 13, 14 years old is, it, you know, the things that they're able to do and, and they're, they're handling. And I mean, obviously, they're still growing into their bodies, they're still getting their minds to connect with the puck. But just the level of talent that starts at such a young age is pretty incredible. And, and you know, that's, I think, a really good pipeline and, and partnership that we have amongst, you know, USA Hockey and and, and the development leagues and and how we look at our players and then really it's um recruiting has gotten so competitive and you know our, our coaches are out on the on the trail all the time they're looking for talent they're looking for potential um and, and drawing that in but you know what i've always loved about the collegiate model is it's still a lot about teaching and developing young people to be able to play and the parity in college hockey right now if, if you're rooting for a single team then you're going to be up and down but if you're rooting for college hockey the parity and the sorts of games i mean i heard you talking about asu and going out uh, to lake placid and having success there um at right now and and you've seen it in the rankings anyone can beat anyone and the number one ranking lasts for a week because you go the next weekend and somebody gets an upset so it's just fantastic play okay paul's gonna jump in in just a minute but i gotta get two quick ones in number one um peter menino just we had him on the show and he just raves about you <laughs> well that's nice of him <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, secondly, I believe ASU is trying to uh, prepare themselves for play next year in the NCHC. And we've talked about that at nauseum pretty much since the announcement was made that you're going to be adding them to uh, to the conference. Um, and one of the things, Heather, that's really frustrated me is that I watched them, and that's ASU, by the way, that has 14 wins and only one other team in college hockey has more, and yet they can't climb the pairwise. They're stuck at the 16th spot. We all know uh, if you're going to make it yep. into the tournament, you got to be somewhere in the 12 range as an independent. Um, yep. How important and why is there, in your estimation, such a value on – competitive schedules within a conference you know it just it goes back and this is the way that it is in i think all sports or at least my experience in all sports is the more that you can play top teams who are not only playing but beating other top teams the more it it just strengthens and so in many cases um, what you gain from a conference is obviously you're always going to have, you know, your one through fours, you know, who, who are pretty consistently at the, you know, winning their games. But the more that you have your five, six, seven, and eight also getting some good wins, then when you get in, the, because the conference is 500 regardless. So your conference schedule isn't going to make as much of a difference, um, but it is in those non-conference games going and winning in the in the tournaments, uh, the the preseason um, games that you get in the non-conference games. Uh, it, it just gives you that ability to showcase and to demonstrate where you fit from a national perspective beyond just what your conference is doing. All right, since Scott brought it up and it's one of his favorite things to talk about, do you guys as commissioners? talk about the pairwise all the time uh, on a regular basis to just kind of check and see all right are we can we do this can we do that uh can we improve this here can we improve that there i think we're aware of it i, I wouldn't say that we talk about it um con consistently or all the time um i think we talk about it probably more in our um in our conference meetings with the coaches, you know, about how they're scheduling and, right. and, you know, what you continually see is that because there's so much parity and as, as the season goes along, those who have, I, I, I mean, the, the best thing that you can do is play the, the best teams you can and win those games. Right. And then what you see as the season goes along, if your schedule has been a little softer on the front end, when, when, when the margin of error gets so small as you get into the end of the season, those games all of a sudden become so important. And again, you don't want to schedule to lose, but you want to schedule the best you can and win. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so let's talk about the big news that you guys made just a, a week or two ago um, about the change in format coming up with the uh, NCHC Frozen Faceoff for postseason tournament, I guess. Um, what can you tell us behind uh, the development of that and how you've uh, come to the decision that you came of? Yeah, so the, the conversation started a little bit probably in the spring meetings in Naples last, um, last April or May. Um, and it was raised by at least one of the coaches, maybe a couple. And there was probably a little bit more um, range in terms of how uh, our, our various institutions were thinking about it. Um, but obviously, we as the NCHC have been pretty consistently um, talking about NCAA tournament uh, and, and regional sites and being able to create um, re uh, on-campus sites for regionals. 
um, and being able to create an atmosphere. So as we were talking about it, it came in about our, our conference as well. It came in about you know what the changes are happening within college athletics and within college hockey. Uh, you know we talked about um, the CCHA and the Big Ten particularly, who the last few years have been playing this format of of a, a best of three quarterfinals and then a single game weekend. Um, semifinal weekend and then a, uh, a single game championship um, and just looking at the number of games that are happening and what are we seeing and um, how are our, our students recovering and all of those sorts of things. So it, it was a little bit of, you know, just conversation about where is college hockey going? How do you continue to create, you know, great excitement for, for fans, but also aligning with um, just timing in that our contract with the Excel is up after the 24-25 year. And so, you know, I reached out as, as we got more deeper into these conversations in the fall, I reached out to the Excel and, um, you know, just wanted to make sure that they knew that these conversations were happening and not because I, you know, I live in St. Cloud, Minnesota. So between the three of us on this call, we've got the entire country canvassed, <laughs> but, um, Oh, you're going to have them on Long Island instead. I'm down. <laughs> No, but, oh. um, you know, I, I'm a little bit biased because I live, you know, 60 minutes from, from the Excel Center and it's such a fantastic facility and the, the treatment and just the um, professionalism of that staff is first class. And so I've been going to that facility, you know, obviously since being an AD um, at St. Cloud State, but even prior to that, when I was at Denver and the WCHA um, Final Five was held there, uh, I think my first year going to, to the X was probably in 2001, um, if I remember correctly. And so, you know, I just, I, I'm familiar with and I'm comfortable and, you know, I have so much excitement and just, uh, and gratitude for what they've provided us. But I reached out to their GM, Kelly, and just said, hey, I just want you to know we're having these conversations um, and, and we're looking at recovery and turnaround time and particularly because we're such a large travel league. Um, you know, when we do our best of three and then go to directly into the, the um, champion or the semis and championship at the Excel, um, there is between the last weekend of, of um, the regular season and then the best of three and then the, the final or the frozen face off, there's a possibility that you could be playing s seven games in, in 16 days. Add to that in, in many cases, you know, if you're a Denver and soon to be Arizona State or whoever, you know, Denver's been home most of the time hosting for the best of three, but then they fly to to um, St. Paul and then they play Friday or Saturday, one or the other, both. Uh, they fly back on Sunday and then they usually turn around on Tuesday uh, to head to regionals. And so you've got high physicality of play, you've got a lot of games in a short amount of time, and you've got some pretty exhaustive travel going on. Um, and, and we just feel like we need to make sure that we're putting our, our student athletes in the best position to play well. Um, and, and then the second part of it is, uh, I think we've had terrific, you know, the Excel had such a, we had such a great contact track with them and, and financially, um, we did well there, you know, we built reserves off of, of our success there. Um, but even that's getting harder. We have not, you know, been able to fill the building necessarily. Although I, last year we did have our second strongest year at the Excel. Um, but we think there's an opportunity as well financially, uh, to be able to manage at our campus sites. The biggest challenge with that is simply we've got such a variability in, in terms of capacity. So if you're at Western Michigan or Colorado College, um, 
you know, that seat 3,500 to 4,000 people for a, a semi and championship game versus being at North Dakota, um, who seats 11-5 or um, Omaha, who seats 8,500, you've got a pretty big range there. So we just had to make sure that the numbers could flush out, um, but it really gave us an opportunity. Okay, let me tell you, um, I was, when I first heard it, I was going, ah, it's kind of sick to my stomach, Heather. Um, I've come around now, and I think some Pepto-Bismol and things help, but, <laughs> but I've warmed up to the idea of it, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and, and then all the people, and I think Paul started this, but everybody in Arizona State was saying, like, well, you know, this is kind of coinciding with Arizona State joining the conference, and maybe they're just going to be so good that everybody gets to go to Arizona in March. All right, stop, for the stop, 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 <laughs> stop, 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 stop. First of all, while I did say that, I didn't say it the way you said it, okay? I, I didn't – I'm sitting here, and I'm going to sit here and say – <laughs> that that's what I hope for. I didn't say no, don't don't put words in my mouth. I can say for my talk for myself. I don't need you to to sit there and everybody knows where I went to school. I don't I don't hide it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, well none I of that was true, right, our, Heather? I mean, all you, of our sites have. <laughs> Right. But all of our sites, I think, have an opportunity just to create a wonderful environment. And, you know, we, we did survey the student athletes um, earlier in the fall and just asked them as we were considering, you know, what they thought about it. And certainly there were some who came back and said, we love the environment at the Excel Center. Um, and there, there were others who said, we'd love to see a full environment um, or, you know, capacity crowds. And, and we'd love to play in front of our play a championship game in front of our home um, our home fans. So I, I think that, um, you know, we've got some logistics to figure out still, and, and we've got a couple of years to plan for that. But I think for, for a lot of our fans and for our student athletes, it also gives them a, a new opportunity. And um, if you look at, a you know, across different sports, I was talking to David Carl, probably over the summer, and um, he had been watching regional sites for baseball. And I think in the summit, Oral Roberts was playing out at Oregon. And he said, you know, he's watching the game and, and it's just fantastic. And the crowd attendance and just their engagement is huge. And, you know, I, I look at, you know, I've been to Fargo a couple of times um, when our conference has played in Fargo. Uh, and that always sells out. I was at Sioux Falls when North Dakota hosted it a number of years ago and when I was still at St. Cloud State. There's nothing better than playing, um, you know, you're at the peak of your season. There's nothing better than playing in front of really spirited crowds. And, and I think that's what we want for our conference tournament. Uh, we want to ensure that regardless of, of what your seating is, you're going into a place where people support and they're creating energy. And sometimes even if it's hostile energy, so to speak, because you're the visiting team, that's still energy and the players love it. Okay, I, I, I don't. There, there are so many places I want to go now. Based on that answer, I don't even know where to start. Um, you, you mean Denver, Colorado College, Grand Forks? <laughs> well, no? yeah. Listen, I'm sure. At, I'm sure it. At, at, you know, at, at Western, they'll they'll have full buildings for playoff games, and 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 I'm sure at Miami they'll have full buildings for playoff games. But I was talking a little bit more broader than the conference, but you know, Hey, what do I know? Um, 
I, I'm not, I don't want to put anybody on that spot, but I didn't bring it up either. So, um, so has, have you guys figured out and I, where you, I know you're going to play the eight, nine game at the number one seed. Yes. Uh, have you figured yep. that out? That it's going to be a Tuesday or a Wednesday or what have you? Yeah. So we'll, we have that on Wednesday. Okay. Um, and there was no, I'll call it perfect. Um, Right. When we were talking through the, what those playoffs were going to look like, the, what I heard from the coaches um, most predominantly was simply, we want everybody to still have a chance to play in. Um, right. and, and to be honest, that, that came partly from some comments from Greg Powers, who said, you know how frustrating it is when you're outside the pairwise, which we talked about earlier. Right. You're outside of the pairwise, and it's the beginning of February, and you're still trying to tell your kids that the games matter at the same level. Right. And um, so to, to the coaches, it was important that they all have the opportunity to still um, play in and, and have the opportunity for oh, the a- AQ. Um, the, the challenge was, again, because we're such a dispersed league from a footprint right. perspective to try and play that play in game at a camp, you know, at the at the eight seed and, um, and then fly again to try and get um, to the yeah, one. No, that seed. would be crazy. That would be crazy. Right. Right. So we understand that, you know, we, I don't think we're under any impression that the, that eight, nine games going to be a sellout. Um, but what that really is, is ensuring that we're giving everybody an opportunity to get into the tournament um, and, and be able to set their own destiny. All right. So as, as we sit here on, 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 on December 31st um, in kind of a state, of the league sort of way. Um, there's always things that the people have where they go, oh, this went better than I thought or, or something where uh, we're doing okay with this, but we can do better. Do you have one of those things uh, for, for the league after your first year or so here running the conference? You know, I think the probably in my mind, the, there's a couple of things. One is there's probably been more change um, in right. my first year than maybe I anticipated. So obviously bringing um, ASU in is one of those. And then secondly, going through these these changes in, in playoff formats. Um, those are two pretty significant changes. But I feel really good about the conversations and the openness that we've had as, as administrators, coaches, and, and even the board of directors, the presidents and chancellors, in terms of really in all of those decisions, we were we we arrived at unanimous um, decision, and so I think that that speaks really highly to the league and to their willingness to listen and really um, wear their institutional hats, but also wear the conference hats and say, okay, what's in the best interest of our league? Because it's very important to us that we remain, you know, one of the premier leagues in, in college hockey. Um, I think in terms of, you know, what are some of the challenges? Um, I don't know that I could have predicted even a year and a half ago when I took the, the position. Um, the transfer portal has obviously changed things. Oh, yeah. uh, NIL has changed things. You know, and that's not just talking about hockey. We're talking right. about the NCAA being in right. probably the biggest um, period of change and unrest a little bit that we've probably ever seen. 
And so, you know, trying to keep our finger on the pulse of what's happening and, you know, maintain a voice for hockey when, when the reality is right now there, there's so much being driven by football. But, you know, I, I watch what's going on in the ball, bowl games and I'm a traditionalist in a lot of ways, but not um, – like NIL makes sense to me. I remember back when I was at Denver and now I'm going to age myself, but Jeremy Bloom was a football player and a skier at the university of Colorado. And he was on the national team for skiing, um, you know, the Olympic team, and he couldn't accept any sponsorships for skiing because it would have impacted his amateurism with football. And the two had nothing to do with each other. Well, now fast forward, you know, 15, 20 years, and the doors are wide open um, in a lot of ways. But the reality is we still have a lot of players who simply are playing because they love the game and, right. and they're, they're not going to make millions. But we're caught in, in kind of this, this um, ambig the ambiguity of knowing how are we going to set this up in the future so that it makes sense not only um, for FBS football and and the the playoffs but also for sports like hockey at one level but swimming and um gymnastics and um softball and baseball and and it just it, it's complicated is the challenge and so you know with with hockey particularly it's it's maintaining our voice and ensuring that we maintain the parity of our leagues um and continue to recruit um and and attract the best players um in the world, to be honest, while knowing all of this change is taking place. Okay, so uh, we sit here and, uh, you know, last last summer they had the uh, Transformation Committee come out with its recommendations and things along that line. Um, and as I sit here, and you can tell me if I'm wrong better than anybody, uh, a lot of the things that the the those transformation the transformation committee kind of did seems to me to impact college hockey as much if not more than any other sport am i misreading that i think it impacts i mean some of the transformation committee stuff it impacts all the sports i think it, it plays out a little bit differently um depending upon where you sit um but i mean like the challenge as well is to, to try, try and deal with the litigation. We were on a call with, with President Charlie Baker from the NCAA if, um, early in December, the NCHC. We had a call with some of our athletics directors and, and chancellors and presidents, um, you know, just trying to understand a little bit of the direction and, and to share with him some of the particular challenges that or opportunities, as you might say, that we have in, in college hockey. And, you know, the point a little bit is college hockey is different um, than most other sports, simply in that not only, uh, you know, like I started the conversation with saying, you know, starting next year within the NCHC, nine teams, right. we're going to have Arizona State at the FBS level, we'll have right. FCS level, we'll have Division One non-basketball playing, we'll have Division Two and Division Three in one conference. Right. And now we're talking about, you know, FBS level being able to make their own rules. Well, how does that work when, when, you know, you've got that level of diversity within your own conference? Right. So between that, between the transfer portal, but the litigation that's happening um, just makes it difficult to keep up with. So the NCAA had tried to implement uh, a transfer rule um, that start was 
well started this year that mm-hmm. said you know you get you get one time free transfer right. and then after that it goes back to the residency well then that became litigation effort um and, and a lot of it is just trying to figure out where can we get partnership um potentially you hear from congress or amongst one another to try and make this so that you know, in the best interest of the student athletes, and I'm not trying to hold them back, but no, no, there's no. something to be said for for being someplace and creating an environment where they can learn and grow. And I'm not sure that educationally or athletically even to jump schools every year is in their best interest. Well, listen, uh, we I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, you know, whether it's life or or to, being able to put down some roots makes a difference. Okay. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, you know, we all understand a coach gets fired or whatever and all that. other, And, and, and we know that the, the answer has got to be somewhere in between. It's just a matter of people sit, you know, uh, at some point, eventually uh, they're going to have to do what they always had to do is sit down and talk. Yeah. And so, you know, that stuff will get figured out. I'm, also more interested along the lines of that committee also said hey you should increase the amount of, you know you should have an x number of teams in your postseason tournament um yep uh you know i i you know as, as as a college hockey person here um the moratorium on single sport conferences as i as as we go through another season where we hear this team might go this school might go this school might go where not being able to find a home quote unquote is 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 preventing well i mean it prevented huntsville from coming back because their president said if we're not in a league we're not coming back and And, and that's true and and that's i mean that's part of the the challenge a little bit as well though with with just our geography i mean different different than a number of of sports where um where their footprint looks a little bit different um that is certainly a challenge you know like each of each of the conferences is trying to look out for their members while still looking out for the good of of college hockey as well and where does that growth happen and then where do where do those schools land so to speak i i think we're still figuring that out Uh, i I, without putting myself in trouble or that i said i'm i'm i was reading an article that came out in october um, you know, where basically all the college hockey commissioners have turned over in the last four or five years. And I, I assume that this is part of what you guys are talking about. I think to some degree, I mean, I would say that um, some of the transformation committee stuff, you know, like single sport has not been as much of the conversation. We're certainly talking about Austin. We're talking about cost of attendance. Um we're talking about just the voice and the and the governance, right? Um, and and where does hockey fit in? Because um, as single sport conferences, we don't have a, a direct link um, right. to some of the NCAA governance structure. So that's probably the biggest thing right now that we're trying to ensure that there's a voice at the table, um, you know, talking about the direction of hockey and and where we fit in in that overall landscape. I, I yeah, like that. that's, I mean, uh, that's a really good point, Heather. Only because, like, you know, like I said, when, when we Go talk, ahead, or at least I do, 
when I talk to other people, you know, and, and I'm not saying that I'm the end all and be all right. But I mean, we've all heard in, in, in geography matters, as you said, we've all heard the talk about places like Utica and Binghamton and, and, and we're trying to, you know, sit here and say, okay, those schools are nice, but those are in a nice natural footprint without there being leagues, so to speak, who's going to be uh, another ASU? So I see it's ob- it's the obvious reference. Um, like we joke around all the time <laughs> that George is building, Georgia is building a, a brand new building on campus for their non-varsity team. Mm-hmm. And, and the building is 90% of the battle. So what, what, when I, when I say these things, I'm like, what do you guys talk about? If at all, maybe I'm just, just wishing and hoping sit there and say, Hey, you know, you guys down there at Georgia, why don't you join us? You got the building coming in anyway. You know, and what would, what are you guys as the hockey uh, administrators? I mean, these, I, I, you know, obviously you've got to worry about your own lead, but this stuff has to come up, right? When you have these conversations. So, you know, a lot of the conversations around um, growth in college hockey, and, and we're very fortunate to have this, college, college Hockey Inc. is intended exactly for that. I mean, right. it was developed 10 or 12 years ago um, to provide some of that advocacy and some of the information. And they're the ones, so Mike Snee and his group are the folks who are, are generally in conversation um, and, and in, in many cases kind of serve as the mediator between the conversation between the universities and the NHL because the NHL offers that fund um, to do a feasibility study at, at various institutions related to college hockey. So when we, when Mike is, in, is on our regular college commissioners um, meetings on a monthly basis, and he keeps us generally in the loop of where those conversations are right. um, from a college hockey perspective. But not only that, you know, they're also going to a lot of the Canadian um, league games and, and junior leagues and, and ensuring that they're advocating for college hockey as a pathway, which is, again, why you see the level of talent that's that, that we have in the college hockey ranks is this is the destination. And, and you know, we're, we're advancing so many players to the NHL that, that this is where players, um, not only from the U.S., but from Canada and overseas, see, the, see this as the pathway or a very viable, not the only, but maybe the, the best pathway um, to grow and develop and hope and, and potentially have additional NHL or professional opportunities. But so we, we do certainly have those conversations about who's in that pipeline. Um, but, you know, Mike leads a lot of those conversations and partly because there's, there's quite a bit of confidentiality right. when it comes to those sorts of conversations um, because the schools themselves don't want that to get ahead of them. <laughs> I get that. And, and there's I just... so many more things. I, I mean, it's not just about the, it, I mean, obviously the facility is one of the biggest hurdles, but right. all of them also have um, Title IX requirements that they need to be following. If they're going to add a men's hockey program, in many cases, they've got to be looking at um, additional women's programs. Right. Um, and so that's where that feasibility study comes in to say, okay, here's what it's going to cost. 
you know, what additional measures are you going to have to take? What sort of, of facilities do you have, but also what sort of funding mechanisms? Um, where would you fit in in the landscape? What sorts of, you know, scholarship funding can you do and all, and, and all of that? Um, and, and so, yes, we are seeing some growth. Um, but I think, you know, across the country, you can't, you can't separate that we're also seeing at a lot of universities, some of the most in, uh, unstable financial situations that we've seen in the history of yeah. higher education. No, I, I get so, that. you know, they've got to balance those as well. Um, speaking of the uh, enormous talent base, um, did you get a chance to speak to David Carl before he went to Sweden? I was out there in the middle of um, November and I spoke to him then. Um, and then I talked to him just a couple of uh, right before the announcement about the the playoffs. I, I had a conversation with him. So I'm very excited for him. He was one of the last students. Uh, you know, obviously he has his story coming in after doing the Tampa Bay um, um, camp. But he right. before I left Denver, he was one of the last students that that I helped bring in before I departed. Okay. That's that's cool. Uh, I mean, because I mean, you watch those games, and it's not just the U.S. team that's got that has you know obviously they don't have as many college players on the other teams, but just about every team in that tournament has two or three guys, if not more, that yep. are going to play college hockey. So that's got to make people happy. Yeah, again, I think the pipelines that have been created and, and just the opportunities and, um, you know, that'll be another piece that's being discussed right now about amateurism and how might amateurism rules change uh, so that students who have, uh, you know, now that NIL is is literally paying in some cases, uh, some of our student athletes, seven figures and more, um, the the amateurism rules that we have in place that that say you know if you play in the in the chl or if you play in some of the leagues in europe you might not or right now you're currently not eligible because those are professional teams they're trying to look at what does that mean in the future and is there any any adaptation to that but yes back to your point um just incredible players from all corners of of particularly europe and and canada um in terms of of what we're seeing at the college level Okay, Heather, That's if you can still hear me, my connection is kind of poor here, so hopefully That's you can uh, you can hear what I'm saying. But um, as you as you look as a whole, uh, where things are at right now, how happy are you with the NCHC and and the position that it's placed itself in, and that you've enhanced? I think we're in a very um, positive position right now. I think our teams are doing well. I think that um, our league has even, um, I think the parity within our league is even stronger than it's been. I think uh, you mentioned Peter Menino earlier. He and Chris Mayotte, Chris Mayotte and he have done a phenomenal job at Colorado College and, and they continue to improve. And, and so really, um, almost from top to bottom, you know, we have such competitive play and, and it makes the second half, you know, even more exciting. I, I think we've made some good um, 
decisions for the NCHC. I think it positions us to, to continue to do well. We know that we need to continue to advance to the to the national championship um, tournament and, and be a huge presence there. Um, and, and certainly we've got to continue to, to provide that, that pipeline and the growth and development for our student athletes. So in, in what I would call kind of a topsy-turvy landscape in college athletics right now, I think that, that what we're doing is continuing to provide stability and giving our coaches a pathway to go forward and continue to recruit the best talent, which ultimately is, is what wins you games. Heather, thanks so much for joining us, uh, especially on a, uh, a New Year's Eve. A happy New Year a little bit early, and uh, um, we look forward to working with you and continuing our, uh, our partnership. Yes, that sounds great. Thanks so much. Happy New Year. Thanks, Heather. Thank you. Yep. Bye. All right, that's the commissioner of the NCHC, Heather Weems, joining us. And uh, Paul and I will be back in just a couple of minutes to wrap up another episode of College Hockey West Live. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack is taking spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack has three locations at 6340 South Oral Road in Tempe, the ASU location at 922 East Apache Road, and 952 West White Mountain Road in Pine Top. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegers. And they score on the lacrosse move. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. It's time to drop the puck on the nation's best college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. NCHC.TV studios, you're listening to ITHSW Podcasts, College Hockey West Live. Indeed it is, College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy joining you tonight on this New Year's Eve from uh, a little chilly Seattle, Washington. My uh, co-host, as always, I'm sure is basking in the warmth of Long Island, New York. Um, if he's not thinking yeah, about okay. venturing out to, to uh, yeah. Times Square tonight, because I'm sure he's thinking about it. No? Um, no, Paul Horstein, you're not? No. No, no <laughs> New Yorker. Okay. In his, in their, <laughs> no New You go down to Times Square right now, I guarantee you, 
99.9% of those people are tourists because no New Yorker is that insane. <laughs> now, if you live there okay. and you can afford to okay. live there, um, that's one thing. But okay. no, not even close. But, but ever. when you not got the ever. estate, you just watch it from a distance. Okay. Again, okay. I'll go take anyway, a picture outside uh, where I am. Is always... You can take a picture where you are. <laughs> okay, I did. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the commissioner is, is always a great guest, and I'm sorry my connection is a yeah. little bit spotty tonight. I don't know yeah, what's going on out fine. here, but uh, anyway, it's um, fine. I mean, with with the commissioner on, she is so insightful and so in touch with everything that's going on in the world of not only college hockey, but college sports. Um, it, to me, things are going to happen. And I know we're still kind of reeling over what Coach Saratori told us about his thoughts and views of the future of the expansion of the tournament. But did you get any better feeling from Heather Weems tonight that things might still be there to, to advance the numbers? Well, again... You know, as 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 an administrator in in that section of the industry, you're always looking, right? There, they always have to be looking. And uh, you know, we were kind of surprised that uh, the czar said that the other night. Um, but you know, as as we sit here and we try to pick apart. And probably wrongfully so, and I don't want to get you started again, as we try to pick apart the pairwise after every period of every game. You know, we sit there and be like, uh, "Okay, you, you you already got me started because here's again, right. here's what my point is. My point is simply this: I don't, I don't, no, no, I'm if not you trying, want to grow no, no, the game, I'm just no, no, stop, 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 okay. Well, I understand that. We we agree that there should be more teams. We were just, just don't shot. put it out. Okay. Yeah, but but here's what I'm saying about the pairwise. If that's how you're going to do it, and I'm telling you that I I agree for the most part that they get it right in the end. I just think don't even put it out. And you heard her. She mentioned. She referenced Coach Power saying, well, how, what do I tell my guys in February that uh, we can mathematically yeah, we see we're not getting in the tournament because we're an independent? You know, what do I tell them that they're playing meaningful games? I've been saying this for years, and that's why I'm saying, like, do not put a pairwise out until February. Just leave it out of the okay. – don't let anybody know where they're at. Just let them play their games and then compete, compete, compete. And then in February, you go, okay, here's the first pairwise rankings. Now you've got up until February where nobody, coaches, players, fans, sponsors, um, anybody, nobody knows where they stand except by the one-loss record. And then okay if there's a dispute in February, okay, let the dispute happen. But at least now you're – because how many weeks, Paul, have you and I have been talking about this is a critical weekend for Fairbanks. This is a critical weekend for ASU because if they lose or every if they weekend. tie, yeah, I know, every weekend, right? But but when you look at yeah. the one-loss record, you should be saying a 14-win team with three losses and five ties or whatever, 
um, you should be looking at that and going like, okay, they got nothing to worry about. Let them keep playing and winning. Instead, they're feeling the pressure of, I have to win every night. I have to be nearly perfect every night. And I know you were on pins and needles watching the game against Cornell because you were thinking probably the same way I was. You got to win this in regulation. You can't tie. Yeah. You need a regulation win. Right? Am I yeah, close? I mean, listen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's why I'm saying it might help if you don't go down to nothing every night. So Exactly, but but I mean, these are college athletes that things are going to happen. And you still can't take away 14 wins, 3 losses and 5 ties. That is what it is. No, I know. And I don't care yeah. who you play in college hockey. You you're you know, so why put the added pressure on a team that doesn't have a conference? And I know the point is mute because next year they will. But why put added pressure on the athlete, the coaches, everybody, letting them look at the pairwise and go, oh, God, we're at 16, we can't get to 12. There's no way we can get to 12. Because, you know, you can't expect any team, really anywhere, to go 12-0, and 14-0. That's just unrealistic. Even the best teams in the pairwise are not running that kind of a record. You're going to have a hiccup here and there. And if you do, and the hiccup comes, and you lose two games in a row, boom, you're done in the pairwise. Now, you, now you've got a whole rest of the season to look back at and go, like, what the heck happened? Uh, I'm, again, I, 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 it's hard to argue. It's, it's kind of hard to argue. Good. Um, I feel better now. Thank you. I can sleep good tonight. I, well, listen, I can try and argue, and I, I want to. Because <laughs> if I don't, now I have to go and take another shower because I just feel dirty. Uh, you know, not <laughs> arguing. It's New Year's Eve. <sighs> yeah, that's okay. Um, anyway, that's my point. Again, I think right? the answer I mean, is just quit putting it out until February. Uh, okay, okay. Let the I let mean, the computers do their sounds... thing on February first. Okay. I I, 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 I and until February first, let the one loss records do their thing. Yeah, that's what well, I think. The weird thing I think is, let right? the one loss records do their thing until February first. What? The weird thing is, Go ahead. when you watch a broadcast and you watch a telecast, right? What what number do they use? We know what numbers they should Fair be wise. using. No, that's not what they yeah. use. I know, I right? know. When I watch, I know they the use the rankings the out the, of what they're voting. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they should be using mine, obviously, but... Yep, they're using you know, the polls. Um, they're using so, the polls. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I mean, that's... You know, basically... Um, but here's the thing, you, Paul. Like to... Here's the thing. Everybody, everybody who asks about college hockey in the tournament, especially yeah, the, the independent time. people, know and have been told that... It's all about the pairwise. It's all about the pairwise. So if you look at the pairwise and you go, goodness gracious, this team has got the second most wins in college hockey and they can't get in the tournament. People are going like, what is wrong with your system? 
Well, listen, uh, they also have uh, Maine only has three losses. BC only has three losses. Um, and ASU. Where are they ranked, losses. by the way, in the pairwise? Where are those first two ranked in the pairwise? Maine is whoever you gave me. Maine and Boston College or whatever. Yeah. Where Where is the other team that only has three losses? Where is the other team that uh, has three losses? Where are they at? Oh, yeah. There's a little discrepancy there because one and four, one and four are in. Sixteen is out. Right. Explain that to me. Two, three lost teams are in the tournament right now. One is out. I didn't say I could. <laughs> anyway, so that's my reason to throw it out. And uh, I believe uh, Heather's reaffirmation from what Coach Powers told her um, is 100% what I've been talking about, is that it's really hard to motivate your guys if you know you have nothing more to play for in a season except pride. Well, well, right now, I mean, you don't put pride sure on your going... on your trophy case. I know. Speaking of trophies, you know, if you're ASU, you better you better be, you, you know, you you you've got these next this next stretch of games where you're going to play Harvard and either Lowell or Omaha, two more games against Cornell at home. I don't know. Do they count the tournament? As home or neutral? It's got to be home. I don't know. That's where the building is. Does it? Okay, I it's don't home. know. I mean, it's home. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you, you know, if you were to go win. play that at, uh, if you were going to go play that at, say, the Coyotes building, um, then it would be neutral. No, they are in the Coyotes building. No, no, I'm sorry. Okay, um, you mean <laughs> the river before they took the ice out? <laughs> you mean Gila River before? Yeah, if I'm you were to sorry. go play there, that would be neutral. Okay, it's still home. <laughs> anyway. Well, I, whatever, I don't know. No, it's not. Let's no, just, it's listen, not. If you're home Asian, is your you home. Won't. Okay. Um, Let well, me use listen, a better if example. Asian, if you're the University of Minnesota and you play your home games at, uh, at, at the uh, Mariucci Arena, and then you go to XL for a tournament, that's not a home game. That's a neutral sure. site. Okay. Yep. All right. Even though they're anyway. still in the same town. Okay. Well, that was a great uh, conversation. Um, hopefully I came through yep. okay because I'm worried about my connection. You're fine. You're <laughs> I feel fine. like I'm talking over you. Okay. Well, yeah, if, okay. You'd, sh- uh, yeah, anyway. if you'd actually listen. <laughs> Stop paying attention anyway, to the ocean. Uh, attention tomorrow. To okay. <laughs> okay. Tomorrow is is the Winter Classic. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow night to uh, to talk college hockey coast to coast, and then Tuesday we'll be back with College Hockey West Weekly. So take it away, my friend. From the NCHC.TV studios behind the mask, College Hockey West Live has been brought to you by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. 
at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Tag Creative Group. Search T. Grand Rudd on Redbubble.com and let us help you design that one-of-a-kind gift for you or someone special. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. The Caesars Sportsbook app. Download the app where available, but please play responsibly. FedEx, simplify your business shipping with FedEx, the official package delivery company of Ice Time Hockey West. And by Liberty University, over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. College Hockey West Live, presented by Behind the Mask, is live every week on the Podbean app and is available along with all of our weekly podcasts for downloading your favorite podcast platform. Search ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word, to find any of our shows. Subscribe, rate, and renew the shows, and just tell a friend to help others find the podcast. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Live and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. We'll say a very happy new year to everybody as we venture into the year 2024. Paul and I will be back tomorrow night with College Hockey Coast to Coast. If you are a professional hockey fan and you'd like to tune in tomorrow, a very special The Pro Hockey West report at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Stephen Marsh and myself will bring you everything from the Winter Classic inside and out from start to finish. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and Peacemakers De Niro. Good night, everybody. Good night.